Welcome to Disciple Life, the Bible, and Everyday Life. I am your host. I am Carlos Garduño. I have the honor and privilege of being the Associate Pastor of Families at First Baptist Divine. As you can tell, next to me, uh, Pastor Dan is nowhere to be found. So um, he is currently on, uh, going to a seminar for his doctoral studies at Baylor University. However, a fitting substitute for him is our wonderful new assistant here in the office. She's been working for us how long now? Three months, four months? Yes. So how do you like it? It's good. I get to uh, bully y'all and learn from y'all and be loved by y'all. So it's been a great time in the office. Emphasis on the bullying. She's, she's <laughs> really something. Just kidding. It goes two ways. Yeah, it does. So uh, Sydney Weil. Also, it's a very special day because today... Sydney turns 20. So happy 20, birthday. Yeah. yeah. It's okay it to laugh. Birthday. I know. It's a great birthday. It is a good one. It's, it's a well-rounded number, but we can talk about things that stood out to us, things that we think the audience would benefit from us just discussing and parceling them out a little bit more. Right. So uh, any thought, opening thoughts from you? I'm doing a lot of the talking, so. Um, <laughs> that'll probably be the case through the rest of this. Um, but I had, I really enjoyed how he dove into Elizabeth and just how, how she showed that she was built with the spirit. I don't think I've ever stopped to just dwell on that and look into it. And I was like, man, isn't that a, like an example for a lot of young ladies like myself and all these other uh, ladies in our congregation? I was like, you know, you hear Mary a lot and you'll hear some others. But I was like, Elizabeth, like there was so much to learn there. And I just love how Dan took the time at the beginning of the sermon and dove into some points about um, Elizabeth. In verse 41, it talks about how um, when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. So little John. Little John, yes. Um, and then it shows how she exclaimed with a loud cry. So to keep in uh, your mind was a loud cry. She was exclaiming. She was excited. Um and enthusiastic, then, as Pastor Dan enthusiastic, explained. Enthusiastic, yes. Uh, I, I think um, one of the things that I, I really enjoyed from Pastor Dan, to your point, is how he connected enthusiasm to being connected to God. The more we are in God, the more that we can definitely see joy and enthusiasm, as he put it, being Siamese twins yeah. and being able to, to work one with the other. Um, I really appreciate that he did not... and and. Again, to our audience credit, he did not go the usual route, which is simply to say, well, look at how this just highlights this one area of the text, which he mentioned from the pulpit is the devotional aspect of, oh, well, they're worshiping God because God is in their midst, which is true. I really appreciate the look into how Two women who are now giving birth, one in her late stage in life, one as a teenager, are now coming to see God move in their lives in very distinct yet very similar ways. And so I, that to me was very important. Now, I do have a question for you. As a young lady who hears this sermon about two women, you already started addressing that. How does it help you grow in Christ? Um, you mentioned enthusiasm, and it was, uh, I think it was like in, and then theos, which is God, mm -hmm. in God. And then last week in the sermon, something that just stuck 
with me from last week and was woven into the text this week as we're um, studying God, but that you can't be double-minded. You have to be single-minded on God. Um, and it's just this constant surrender to the spirit, to God, this constant surrender to God to be filled by the spirit. Um, and so I think that's, that's something that just picked up for me. And through that, you're going to experience all these different fruits, but it was just this constant state of surrender. Right. And not being double-minded, single-minded on Christ. Right. I really appreciate the, that point of view. I really also like the idea that you're right. It's not just for women. This call to cease being double-minded, and also the the call to seeing how God is moving. Now, something that really struck me, and I don't know if it struck you yesterday, is the idea of how is it that we anticipate working in our lives versus how God works and what the result of that is. Uh, for example, uh, we see here that uh, Elizabeth's greeting is, how is it that the mother of my Lord shall come to visit me? But then Pastor Dan highlights is not just the idea that she's aware of something as God illuminates the truth to her, but the humility component. Um, I have a question for you. So you're 20 and I'm not. And that's one of the, the good things about our church yeah. is that we have multiple generations worshiping together. Oh, yeah. um, how, what would you say is the state of humility in, in, in the church in general? Not, not, not just First Baptist, but is the church humble enough? Um, hmm, that's a good question. Um, I think a good, a good observation on that is our mission statement is equipping all generations to impact lives for Christ. And the style of our worship is at a point where we it's not, I want to take this person's opinion, I want to take this person's opinion, but the worship reflects our community. Um, I think that we can always become more humble and more understanding and try harder to understand certain people's points of view. Um, and we can, we're always going to be, become more humble when we're focused on Christ. Um, so I think as a way, as a church, to become more humble, because there's going to be people that have different um, interactions with certain people, and they're like, oh, First Baptist could be a lot more humble, and they're going to be like, oh, no, we're doing great, some other people. But I think as a way to just work towards a positive, good, and a, a healthier church would be to focus on the person of Christ um, and allowing his spirit to make us more humble, um, show more humility. I wonder then how can we, <clears throat> as a church family, uh, be encouraged to show humility. What are some practical ways that you can think of that we can show humility um, and show that uh, we think more of others and less of ourselves? I think personally, Jesus, in my opinion, he was someone that like always stopped. He always stopped for people what their needs were. He listened and that just very um, gracious in that way. Like very like put himself um, underneath, like he put others' needs before his own. He was, he showed servant leadership to a T. And there is a sense of just humility and that comes out of that. Um, I think as a church, to, to practice humility and become more just humble and understanding, um, would to show, to practice servant leadership as Christ did. That's my answer. I agree. I think, by the way, you're not being graded on this, so you're okay. Um, <laughs> 
either way, so e- either way, you'd probably end up earn an A plus because that's the kind of student you are. So um, I think you're right. I think uh, to quote the Bible, um, and I'll put the reference on the on the banner below. Uh, Jesus says to lead others. Uh, it's not like it's in the Gentile world. Uh, and I'm just giving a paraphrase. The people of the Gentiles lord over those that follow them. But it is not to be among you speaking to the apostles and by de facto speaking to the church. But where we would lead, we serve others. And so I think that's a wonderful way to show more humility and show that we care for others more. I also think that it's, it comes down to, as we serve people, we also tell them the truth in grace and love and mercy. So we don't judge people in a critical way. We judge people in the sense, in the sense of saying, dear sister, I see that something you're doing is not up to par with scripture. And this is what scripture teaches, teaches us. Would you reconsider your ways and pray for that person, love that person, and then just walk with them as they go through that journey. I think that's a way of being humble. It, it's also one of the things that, um, I know that we, as the pastoral team, Pastor Dan, Pastor Johnny, myself, we are open to people coming and questioning us as we teach them because we know we're human. We're not perfect, regardless of however many degrees we have or however many years of seminary. We need the church to constantly be in Scripture so that they they can then say, you taught us this this past Sunday, this past Wednesday, or during this event. And so opening ourselves to to that uh, correction when needed, it's a great way of loving the church because we don't have all the answers all the time. We we continue to learn as we go through life. Also, quick plug. If you have a question about the sermon, um, Pastor Dan and Pastor Carlos are willing to address that in the podcast, and that might be helpful for a lot more people in the congregation. Maybe just something was um, need more clarification. Right. Um, Ask the pastors. Ask the pastors. It's on the slideshow after the service um, every Sunday, and it's on social media as well. I think one of the things that I re- that really impressed me, and we can go into this, and if you have something else, please bring it, because she took like three pages worth of notes. I love that. Um, I love the idea of, in humility, the song of Mary, because this is a point of divergence for Protestant Christians and Roman Catholic Christians and Orthodox Christians, Eastern Orthodox to be more precise, um, where we have veneration or quote-unquote worship versus we have Christ alone, the Bible alone, to the glory of God alone. I love the point that Pastor Dan made in that in in, in Mary's humility, she does not make much of herself, which to her point, she is she's she's spoken well of generation after generation just by scripture. But we see that she makes much of God. I, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. I think what stuck out about that just it's like a like a song, like a right um, was how she was it was the, the center was the God. Um and it was also about mercy. Um, and how she was one that needed to receive mercy. Um, and she was a sinner just like the rest of us. And so I do see her humble estate here, but her eyes are looking up at like just the the outstretched hand of the Lord, just looking up to him constantly. Mm. Um, that's 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 what I got from that passage, that she was just constantly looking up to him. 
I, I like the way you said that her, her eyes were constantly looking up. I wonder if we as a church do not sometimes, instead of fixing our gaze up, just look out or inside, and that leads us to dark places. That came from um, on Saturday. Um, I was reading some passages in Psalms, and I think towards the end of Psalm 119 or something, mm -hmm. um, one of the verses, it's somewhere between Psalm 119 and Psalm 140, if you want to take the time to go look for it, but it talked about how his hand was outstretched. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, that verse is like, how many things are in his hand that he just wants us to look up to him? Like he is giving us something to use or um, he has something for us or he's just like, I'm your peace. I'm your comfort. Come to me. Like there's just so much there when we look up at him. Right. Which, by the way, it seems like you're you're. It's in the, in a similar track of thought, train of thought is this, that Pastor Dan quotes Psalm 51 in referring to how. There is that connection in tissue between Luke chapter one and then going to the, the call to restore to me the joy of my salvation. Restore to me this this connection to you. And all of that is happening in very uh, unique ways through the power of the Holy Spirit. As again, just to recount the last uh, now five Sundays of this year, we have. Christ, who is announced, and in the Gospel of Luke, it's all to his glory. Then we begin to see the birth of Christ, the, the proclamation of uh, Christ's birth, the proclamation of John the Baptist's birth. And now we see this visitation and, and the worship that happens because, uh, again, from a, from a former uh, uh, sermon, you hear and you see that the people who worship God are those who are usually disregarded by the majority of society. So you have two unborn infants that at least one, John the Baptist, I should say, who leaves for joy, his mother, a, a formerly barren woman worshiping the living God. And then in, in a very prophetic way saying, how is it that the mother of my savior comes to see me, the mother of my Lord uh, comes to visit me. And then we see the song of Mary, which again, very unusual. Uh, and one of the things that I love is that there are people out there who think Christianity is a misogynistic religion. And yet the words of a teenage late woman are recorded for perpetuity, magnifying the love of God as she worships him for his mercy. Now, okay, so I know this is something we, we've taught quite a lot. What is mercy? It's kind of like you deserve some type of punishment, but the Lord has shown you mercy. So kind of for, forbearance of punishment. Yeah. And so I think that's something that also Pastor Dan hit on quite eloquently yesterday as he was walking us through, th through this song, and he highlights that God has in his holy personage who he is is more than capable and justified to do much like he did in the days of Noah, to do what he did with the people who rebelled against him in the desert, Korah's rebellion, to mm -hmm. wipe people out and to start afresh. But he doesn't do that. Um, when you think of God's mercy, what, what, what are some of the things you think about? When I come to a place of where I think 
before I could. It's just, I'm overwhelmed with, man, I really do need mercy. It's the more that I come to look at Christ. And I see his goodness versus my just horribleness. That's not even, it's just gross. And his, how loving he is versus just how, just how thoughtless I can be sometimes. Um, or how just um, holy he is and how undeserving that I am. And that just makes me, like when I think about the story of Jesus was born, all of this that's happened over thousands of years, and then how he died and how he's coming back, that's when I come to a place of, my gosh, I am so grateful for this mercy that he has shown me. Now, if I'm just, um, say, opening the word and not dwelling on the scripture and not asking for guidance or whatnot, I don't, I don't um, feel like I need mercy. Because I constantly have to be focused on God and bring myself to that place of, wow, constant surrender. Right. Which... It, again, this is part of a whole series, Reigniting the Fire. So we talk about the missing ingredient. We talk about how everything is for Christ. We talk about what it takes for us to leap forward as we go into what God is calling us to do. And now we come to a place where we uh, we see how God is moving um, simply to get us to see his power. But not only that, his greatest power is expressed not only through his wrath to judge uh, that which is uh, sinful, but through his mercy to sh to showcase the fullness of his love for us. And one of the things that I, I wrote mm -hmm. down here from uh, Pastor Dan's sermon is that we are called to serve God as a as mighty and savior, that we come to approach him with this vision, this understanding that he is powerful to create the universe, to sustain the universe, to sustain every molecule within our bodies and every molecule that we see and touch from the camera, the computer, the lights, uh, the very air we breathe. But then he's also the one who comes to redeem all things through his love and mercy, uh, extending to us forgiveness. Uh, and, I, and I cannot help but wonder um, if we don't get lost in only misunderstanding one side or the other. Do you have any thoughts on that? Of course we can get lost in that. Um, of course. I think um, even when we do, he's very gracious to us. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> yeah. um, I would say that those are my thoughts on that. I think, sure. we, I think we can very clearly um, get lost in that, but the only way we will make our way out of that is just by focusing on Christ. Okay. Why don't you share with us some of your, your insights from listening to the sermon? Because I know you have no. <laughs> uh, you'll often, I'm sure some of y'all have heard, but the Christians are like, this is my word of the year, or something like that. So last year I was like, okay, I'm going to do a word of the year. <laughs> and so I, I was like, I don't know what it means to honor God. Like, I was like, what does that mean? How does that look? All of those different things. So last year, that's something I focused on was honor, honoring God. Um, and so I really like what he said, um, just about how God's grace and his love and his goodness, and I'll add here, and his mercy um, moves us to honor him. And I was like, mm, yes, <laughs> praise God. Um, but I, I, 
On a different point, something that stuck out that's right below here. Job, yesterday, I'm doing the chronological reading that we did last year because I wasn't faithful with the Old Testament last year. And so I wanted to catch up on the Old Testament and just so I can confidently say I read the entire Bible faithfully, the chronological version. And so um, anyways, Job was um, responding to Eliphaz or something, and he was saying how... um, all of these men that are sinners and everything, their riches and their name is just being like all these different things, like just thrown up and how come they're not suffering like I am and just these different things. And I like something Pastor Dan said, but um, he said that the more richer that they become, the emptier they are. And he was talking about um, maybe people that had come in on uh, Sunday morning um, and their finances were idols, their business were idols. Um, Maybe even their kids were idols. I don't know mm. if he, but I, I don't know if he said that, but I know that's what came to my head. Um, uh, but just different things being idols. Um, but uh, what was the exact? Um, basically, I can't think of the. Maybe it was compromise or accommodate. Um, God doesn't accommodate. Like He's not just going to be another like piece in the puzzle. Um, right. I like what Matt Chandler uh, said um, one time. He was talking about priorities, and he was saying, like, a lot of people have, like, God is my number one priority, and then this priority, and then this priority, then this priority. And um, I like how he stated it. He was like, I don't think that's a bad way to look at it, but he was like, God should be the complete foundation of what all your other priorities are built off of. And I was like, I really like that. Like everything else you do flows from being in God and knowing that you're doing something to glorify him, to honor him. Um, it's what he wants. Um, and so anyways, going back to the, the richer they became, the more empty um, they are. I look at people I know um, and they've got, um, not saying this is, this is, I know a lot of rich people that are Christians and they, they use their money wisely, um, and they do honorable things to God. And I'm really glad that God has given them those things so that they can use it well. Um, but then these other people that are wise in the world's eyes, right. um, and they have all these different things, but they are so empty. And I compare like my life now towards that, and it's like, I would never want hundred thousand dollars. Well, I mean, I know there's going to be time where I'm like, Oh, I want a hundred thousand dollars, but hear me. I would never want a hundred thousand dollars to be an, and be as unhappy and unfulfilled by God like that. Right. I, I could never, um, well, I probably will someday in the future. I'll probably be blinded at some point. I'm a sinner, but anyways, yes. Um, I did like that. The richer they became, the more happy. They Which are. that reminds me. And uh, it was a quote by, um, Augustine of Hippo, who was a pastor in North Africa, mm-hmm. I believe in the third century. And the, there's a great quote that goes with what Pastor Dan taught us. Christ is not valued at all unless he is valued above all. Like we do not value Christ and what he's done for us unless everything else is worthless in comparison to him. And that really, really fits into the lack of accommodation like. There's only one God, there's only one throne, and it's either God who sits on it, or it's something or someone else. So I really appreciated that, Pastor Dan, which is not easy. It's not easy to preach that uh, anywhere. It's not easy because it's 
quite literally a counter-cultural message, especially for what people hear on a regular basis coming from multiple TV networks around the world. Yeah. I think of my own testimony, and I'm sure this goes the same for you and Dan and Johnny and everyone else, you, Dan Lee, but I find so much mercy in my testimony. Like, some people will know my testimony, but it wasn't like I was born and raised in a church-type testimony. There's some hardship in there. Um, and some people will be like, man, how did you do that? And, uh, it's like, well, would you change anything? No, I wouldn't change a thing. Like that, everything I went through brought me to come to know God. And he, he Pastor Dan was quoting some verse. I didn't write down the reference, um, but how basically Christians or uh, I think he was speaking to someone. It may have been from Paul speaking, but we may not be wise um, in the world's eyes or powerful um, or noble by birth. And Pastor Dan right after that said that those are the things that are preventing them from coming to know him. And that just brought me to a place of, God, I am so grateful that I know you. Mm. I wasn't a noble birth, uh, not super powerful, not super wise, did a lot of dumb things. But just, I came to know him. And that's some, like his mercy through that was just all over the place. Like it was absorbed you. Totally. I, and yes, you're right. We we see God's, Speaking for myself, we I have seen God in his mercy do things that I would have never done for myself. And I can see where they have led me to where I am today. And at the time I would have said, God, I need to I need to take the pen from you because you're writing the wrong story. And in very in very God fashion, he just he constantly answered in two ways. Wait or no. But ultimately that led to a much better yes. And sometimes there were tears and sometimes there was frustration. But praise God for his mercy and his grace that allows allowed me to be to where I am today, even to the point that I can be doing this episode with you. That's pretty good. That is very good. I'm being serious. So um, shifting gears, I think, um, well, before I, I say I make that comment, what do you, how do you think people left yesterday after that sermon? How would you hope people left yesterday after hearing the sermon? Informed. Informed? Yeah. Because he spoke a lot on um, things I know a lot of people struggle with. Um, some of which I struggle with. And I was informed of the fact that I can, the way to come over these all these different obstacles was to surrender to Christ and to single-mindedly just focus on him. Like that's just been the main thing I've been getting again and again and again. And it's just like focus on Christ and surrender. That's when you work for the year surrender. <sighs> yeah. Okay. You hear new word. I guess so. I'm just, I'm just going with the theme. Um, I, w I believe based on what I've heard that people had an opportunity to leave this worship service, which was our fifth Sunday Jubilee, more more on that in a moment, I believe that people had the chance to leave transformed. Um, very much in the, in the fashion of, come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden, and take my yoke, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Uh, rest and search for me, and I will give you rest, as Jesus taught his disciples. I think people 
if they, if the, as the Spirit of the Living God gave them the ability to hear how God works through very unique and extraordinary circumstances, through Mary and Elizabeth, through the engagement between the the baby in Elizabeth's womb, re- responding to the the baby in Mary's womb, that we would see. Uh, people transformed, knowing that they can find mercy and grace, that they don't, they shouldn't be afraid of a church to, particularly like ours, that thinking that they're going to get scolded or that they will be looked down at upon, but that they would receive love and mercy and grace. Which, by the way, leads us to one of the highlights of yesterday, and I, I wanted to talk with you about it because I think everyone was excited for this. It was very unique. What happened yesterday in the middle of all of a, of service? Logan Kernan's baptism. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about that because you were in the back and you you. So in case you didn't know, uh, for the things that go on here at the church, Sydney is one of our blessings beyond measure. Um, she's number one. She's twenty, so that helps because she's a different generation than the pastoral team and other members of our church. But she also helps us to think of things in different light so that we can then go out and and portray that to the congregation. So she takes videos, anything that has to do with social media. This is our girl. And she gets help from Charlie Richard. She was also one of our new members, like a little over a year by now, I think, or getting close to a year. And she, well, that's a good best friend to have. Steady Oaks. That's a shout out to you. Anyway. um, What was the sensation you think in that in that in that moment when we celebrated uh, his baptism, <laughs> it just makes you want to cry. Um, so his testimony video was, um, "Hi, my name is Logan Kernett. Um, I came to faith in Christ at VBS, and every time I come to this church, I feel loved." But he had to redo that last part. The every time I come to the church, I feel loved um, because. He probably recorded it 20, 20 times, but when he came to say that part, he was just bawling. And so you didn't get to, but I didn't put it on there in the sake of just, I didn't want to embarrass him. And I, I know he didn't really want that on there. Um, but this kid, there was just so much like, just the realization of, I feel loved here. Like, and how he was going to be baptized. Like he was just in this state of like, I've seen a a lot of people here, like, just, but when it comes to kids, it's like, it's, in my opinion, um, they haven't lived as long, they haven't studied the word as long, they haven't been in church as long, they haven't heard God's word as much, um, arguably, um, but just to see the depth of how much he understood how he had been saved, Lord, it's just bringing him to the point of where he could just bawling and bawling and bawling, and I was like, Oh my gosh. Anyways, he got baptized yesterday. It was just a very beautiful, beautiful um, baptism. Baptisms always make me excited. We have two more coming up, and so that's super exciting. And by the way, Pastor Dan does not do it. I don't do it. Johnny don't do it. Uh, no one claims that it is because of our wonderful oratory or anything else. It's the proclamation of this that is doing the work. And we praise God for that because he sees fit fit to entrust us new disciples. And that's exciting. Uh, I'll confess, 
They'll never get this on camera, except here. I get teary-eyed every single time the baptisms happen. Yeah. Like, uh, I will tell you when um, Kristen Taylor oh baptized Evelyn. <laughs> yes. uh, and that's just to, just to show you a recurring theme. It was some, an emotional moment, and I'm not even the father of the little girl. Mm -hmm. But to see that and to see the beauty of how God is blessing us to have a father called to the ministry, yeah. being given the opportunity to baptize his little girl. That's amazing. And then yesterday, uh, Pastor Dan, how he guided the congregation to stand up and uh, not the congregation, but his family and friends, three rows of people just stood really? up and, and really having that particular mm -hmm. sense of joy and pride, not negative pride, but just that sense of we're here and, and he's our, he's ours. Um, it's really amazing. And so I just, I like to talk about that because that's kind of like the whole mission of the church. Go and make disciples, baptize them, and then teach them. Teach yeah. them everything God said. And yeah. so I, I found yesterday that it was a wonderful service. I mean, and we got to see baptism, Lord's Supper. I mean, that whole, that whole yeah. thing was amazing. I think of um, Ariel Duverso's baptism, her testimony. Oh, yes. Her testimony was um, my parents read the Bible with me every day. And then Pastor Dan, as he went into his prayer after she had been baptized, he said he recited the verse that says faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of God. And I was like, I just sat back and I was like, whoa. <laughs> I just, I was like, I mean, I understood that, but it was like, that is incredible. You see the Bible come to life. Yeah. And it so just makes you like, we need to focus on this so much more. Like just, yeah. yeah. Any other thoughts uh, about the sermon? Anything else? Uh, not that are popping to mind. Okay. But. So uh, I want to thank you for coming on, on camera with me and doing the podcast. Yeah. Pastor Dan's looking forward to reviewing this soon. Okay. So it's going to be great. And you've done a fantastic job. For our audience, I want to invite you, and Sydney's going to help me with this because she's also been doing work for this. Uh, in two weeks, on uh, February the 17th and the 18th, we will host the Equip Conference, which is the second annual offering of this, a free event for everyone in the family to come, worship, have food, and learn how to make disciples as a disciple themselves. So, Sydney, what, what do we have going on? A lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is going to be an incredible, uplifting time. Um, stuff from hearing the voice of God, um, discipleship and mental health, um, discipleship in the terms of with your family. Um, parenting, parenting, which is very important, yeah. much to the diverse's point. Very, very much. Um You've been gifted that family for a reason. We need to be a good steward of that, just like our finances and everything else. Right. Um, but, yeah, um, a lot's going to be going on, and it's going to be a very great um, opportunity to grow. And no matter if you're a young Christian um, or um, a seasoned Christian, um, it's going to be a great, great, great thing. 
So we are never too old to stop learning. The only time we are done learning is when we enter eternity and our master greets us. So on the 17th, be here. We'll have everything starting at 4.30 p.m. We have a missions fair and a very special shout out to Maritza Ministries coming from Kentucky to speak to us about how our partnership over the last two years, three years has been impacting for them and they're looking for new partners. So come and participate in that. We will feed you dinner Mm -hmm. on Friday. We will have plenty of snacks, coffee and tea. Then we will feed you breakfast. We'll uh, go into time of worship both Friday and Saturday. Uh, We'll feed you more snacks as you need them. And then we'll feed you lunch before you go home. The whole idea is simple, to equip disciples to be disciple makers, to make much of God and less of themselves. And so we invite you to be here. Child care is provided. Meals are provided. It's for free. And it's not just for the Baptist uh, family here at First Baptist Divine or any of, of the other Baptist churches. It's for everyone in our community. Yep. We have the pastor of Calvary Chapel mm-hmm. Divine teaching one of the sessions. Michael Petit. Michael Petit. And shout out to you, my, my, Pastor Michael, who is amazing, and to his son, Matt, and his wife, Teresa. And next year, we're looking forward to opening it up even to more churches in our area to come and partner with us to do the teaching component. Our aim is not to be the best church in town, but we want to be the best church for the town. This is something that Pastor Dan always encourages to, to aspire to in excellence. All right. Sign us up, Sydney. One last thing. I would encourage you to have your kids come to this conference. Um, this is Christ is for all generations, not just one. Um, and if they have questions, that's a good thing. And the, the teachers that are teaching, they're going to be teaching from the word of God. Mm. And just like BBS, your kids might come to faith at this conference. You don't know. Um, so I would encourage you um, to bring sign your kids up when you come. Um, and I will sign us off. So signing off. <laughs>